is a lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Jeremy Lee in the building and every guest that you ever needed. Sports cards after hours keep the hobby heated. Updates, hobby talk like you never seen it. Sports cards live and none could ever beat it. Sports cards is a lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Welcome to another episode of Sports Cards Live with your host, Jeremy Lee. What is up, everybody? I played the Sports Cards Live intro video because DPZ is a no-show. I don't know where he is. He is uh, late and I can't reach him. So we're just going to go about it here. Just me. We will not. Oh, there he is. There he is. He is. He has shown up. He is. He is only a couple minutes late. Let's. <laughs> All right. Good to Probably. see you. Welcome to the show, Dennis. Welcome everybody. Episode six of Taking Stock. This is the hobby content collaboration between Sports yes. Cards Live and the Sports Card Dad Network. It is Tuesday night, July the fourth. Happy July the fourth, two thousand twenty-three. Everybody, that handsome fella right there. Dennis Zender, DPZ, PC with DPZ. My name is Jeremy Lee. Thanks, everybody, for joining. Thank you, everybody, for last time. We had a great show. Thanks for the engagement. Thanks, everybody. If you're not yet subscribed to Sports Cards Live or to Sports Card Dad, take a moment. Please do so. We'd appreciate it. And as always tonight, your comments, your questions, they are in play. So tonight, Dennis, our topic is hobby content. And I have to think that people must think that can go in a lot of different directions talking about hobby content, but we have some ideas here and uh, I haven't let you say anything yet. So I'm going to let you jump in now and sort of say hello and uh, your, your kind of opening thoughts on this episode. Yeah. Uh, thanks guys. Sorry, I'm a little bit late. We have a, a family barbecue going on. Everybody's kind of running around. I told them I had to scoot away and I was uh, loading up food for my kids on the paper plates. So I, uh, I had to scoot in here real quick, but so thanks for thanks for having me on. <clears throat> yeah, I'm really excited about this topic, Jeremy, because I think I think sometimes this conversation about hobby content um, it, it takes different directions, and I think you and I both agree that we kind of want to talk about the difference between being influenced and being inspired. And I'm really excited about having that kind of conversation about hobby content. I think the fact that there's so many content creators out there, folks that are putting great stuff out into our hobby space, I think all of it needs to be recognized and there's a place for everybody. And I'm real excited to like kind of dive in and dissect all that. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I'm glad you started with the influence inspired. I got some things to say about that, but first let's say hello to Derek Galloway from Orange Park, Florida. Happy fourth to you and everybody. Big John, welcome. Michael Ham, good to see you again in, in 20 minutes. Collector's Dream, Philly Joe, The Professor, Mike Petty is here. Rob from Sports Card Therapist, Hockey Barn, what's going on? Mike, I like Mike Petty says, Sports Card Therapist, sprinkling in some health and wellness. Pour me a stiffy. Good to see you, Mike Petty. Scott <laughs> Nobles, thank you. And for your message earlier today. Hey, Corey from Show Your Slabs, what's going on, fella? Essential Credentials, that's Matt. Good to see you. And Mookie Chilson is with us as well. MACL22, happy fourth to you. And of course, all of you guys, I, I, we, when me and Dennis were talking about, you know, should we do a show on the 4th of July? And I thought to myself, I feel like it's being celebrated on the weekend and last night because today would have been the day off, tomorrow's work. So I thought tonight's a great night for a show. Everyone's going to want to relax and chill out and, and settle, settle down, like, you know, kind of kind of get themselves grounded again. So hopefully everyone's doing great. What's up, Joe Perot? 
and stale prod in the house. Good to see you guys. I'll be in Chicago. Are you coming to the national Dennis? Remind me you are. I, I can't actually, I have a, <clears throat> I'm, I'm officiating my sister-in-law's wedding. So okay. yeah, it's, it's in that same week. So unfortunately I can't make it, but all right. Well, hopefully next time. So next year, yeah, you mentioned, you mentioned, you know, in influencing and, insp- and inspiring. And we told, we met me and Dennis talked about this the other day and I, we left our, our session and I said, no, I got to think about this. Like, how do I see the differences between influencing and, and, and inspiring? And so I had these notes. I'll just kind of share them with you. You know, influences. And, and here's the thing. I'll just start off with it. I don't think it's about influencing and inspiring as much as it's about being, being influenced and being inspired. I think it's really up to the person themselves to decide, are you going to allow yourself to be influenced? Are you going to allow yourself to be inspired versus, uh, you know, that person influencing you like them, because an influencer can't decide to influence you. You have to be receptive to being influenced. Same thing goes for inspired. I think that's a, I like thinking about it that way, but influence, I blind following. If you are allowing yourself to be influenced, you're kind of allowing yourself to blindly follow somebody else. It's, you know, calling it being, being sheep or just following the leader. One, that's one thing right there. Whereas I think in being inspired or an, an inspirer, you're taking the information you're hearing, you're doing your own analysis, critical thinking, maybe some due diligence on that person, and then you're deciding to what extent you're going to let that that advice, that information, that those suggestions change your behavior. Did I buy this card because I was influenced, or did I buy it because I was inspired? And and I think there's a humongous difference because the the person who's inspired actually filtered that information through something. Whereas the person who's influenced just follows the direction. And at the end of the day, if you are, and we see people all the time make comments like, I lost so much money because of this person or that person. No, you wrote the check. That person cannot write the check for you. You decided that their advice was worthy of you writing a check and spend and 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 deploying your money into something that you didn't do the critical thinking or analysis on yourself. So influencing is is something that you have to allow yourself to be influenced. Inspired, I think, is a bit of a an elevated level. Maybe a maybe just a a more I use the word savvy a lot, but a, a, a more critical uh, person who's being inspired versus versus influenced. So listen, I put that out there. I know that it's not as cut and dry, as simple as that. Uh, but let's go to a couple of comments, Dennis, see what they're saying. And then and then let's hear your, I know your, 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 your mind is churning based on all that. So uh, Jeff McMahon, welcome. Uh, Professor says intent is important. Influence slash inspire should not mislead. Exactly, agree. I 100% agree with that. I'd like to come back to that. Mike Petty says you can observe a lot just by watching, right? Do research the person who you might be following their advice. Mookie Chilson says this is a tough one because influencing and inspiring aren't mutually exclusive. Your inspiration is influential. 100% agree with that. That's why I say Mookie. You you can know I feel like you can only define someone as an influencer if you are allowing yourself to be influenced. 
Because an influencer is nobody without those people who are allowing themselves to be influenced. You look at look at the the Kardashians. They wear a pair of shoes. Everyone goes out and buy that pair of shoes because those people are are, are just following the trends. They're following the influencer. But I really think that you can, if you do your own, if you do your own critical thinking on the advice to buy a certain player or collect a certain set or to let centering be your number one uh, condition uh, uh, variable, I mean, that's up to you. So, uh, but okay, so Mookie, yeah, your inspiration is influential. It is, but I'd rather the the inspiration be influential than the influence be inspirational. I'd rather it go that way. Uh, Derek Galloway, happy fourth. Uh, Corey says, I think influencer use use call to action words and inspiring is sharing what you like and having people who like your content. I think that's one. I think that's right, Corey. I think that 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 makes a lot of sense to me. But I think there's also that gray area. And and just like Mookie said, it's not mutually exclusive. You could have some you can have some very, very savvy influencers coming across as inspirers and not trying to, but, but still making that happen. Matt from essential credentials. It's all about staying positive, surround yourself with content creators who bring you joy rather than people who are popular. Sure. You have to curate your experience and content. 100% collectors dream. Some collectors just don't know and follow like sheep. And that's another point I made here is, is that influence is, it's it, it can be inspiration, it can be education, but it can also be a bit of manipulation or uh, you know trying to get somebody to do something for your own benefit. So, all right, I just said a lot there, uh, Dennis. You have a, you have some thoughts to come in with. Well, yeah, I think if you're <clears throat> if you have an opportunity to influence people, if you have a platform on YouTube, you have a channel. And people tune in or they comment or they absorb your content, then, I mean, at the end of the day, you're either inspiring or influencing. You might be doing both, but people will keep coming back for a reason. Because I look at it this way. If you show up one time and it's like, you know what, I, I, this isn't for me. I don't, I'm not getting anything from this as a collector. I'm going to walk away from this particular content creator. I'm not going to listen to this because, you know... I look at it this way. A lot of us have lives. We're very busy. Obviously, I'm running in here last minute because I'm, I'm trying to do 15,000 things at the same time. We're all busy. Um, we don't have a lot of time. So I think you have to pick and choose what kind of content and how much content you absorb. And if it's not something that that you know resonates with you, it doesn't feed you, so to speak, from a hobby perspective, then you're probably not going to keep tuning in. You're not going to watch the videos. You're not going to comment on the videos. You're not going to engage in the lives. You're just going to go do something different. Um, so a part of me feels like, you know, some of these folks that have big audiences, well, they have a big audience for a reason. You know, I, Jeff Wilson, there's a lot of folks out there have big audiences and there's a reason they have big audiences. I mean, it's it's not because they they're terrible. It's not because the the content they're putting out there is is not quality content or it's not content that's worth considering or you know engaging in. And so when you have a lot of these these folks that are out there putting out you know that content and people are are engaging in it, they're showing up you know every single episode. If there's a live, they're showing up every live. They're engaging in the live. That tells you something. Whether that's inspiring or influencing, I feel like it just means they have captivated an audience 
And you have to recognize an audience that is captivated. Look at our society in general. A lot of what captivates people is drama. You get more clicks, you get more traffic, you get more you know, views. If there's some sort of, of a dramatic encounter topic, a polarizing topic, it just drives that kind of uh, traffic. And if you're just gonna be talking about stuff that's not as exciting, you're just kind of going over the mundane detail of whatever, you're gonna have an audience, but it's not gonna be as electric as an audience that, that, so that's why I feel like some of these content creators have a bit, you know, sports card radio, you got a lot of these folks, I know we're, I'm naming names right now, but I, I, it's just, there's a lot of different people that serve different purposes within the space. I don't think any of it's negative or bad. I just think that, you know, there's people go to where they want, they go and they get fed what they want. And so if you keep coming back to Jeff or you keep coming back to sports card radio or you keep coming back to Jeremy Lee, there's a reason you're doing that. You're doing that because you feel there's a value in your time spent listening and absorbing this stuff. That's yeah, how I, I feel. Mean, there, there's enter part of it is entertainment. You know, some people just want to be entertained. Uh, so that would bring up some of the, the creators that you've mentioned. Mm -hmm. uh, Sports Card Radio, for example, these guys are extremely entertaining. So I can see that being a part of it. High production, Jeff Jeff Wilson's channel, uh, Bench right. Clear Media with the Chasing Cardboard Show. This is correct. This is high end production behind sports card content that is going to bring more views as well. They they're probably really good at exploiting the YouTube algorithm, the SEO to bring in more people therefore they're going to be the they're going to have the biggest audiences and i think that's that just that that is what it is that that kind of brings them to those people but it's but it's really you're not you're not not that you're trying but you're not going to get me off the fact that if you you can like i when i see people blaming a content creator <laughs> for their financial misfortune i mean you i don't go see a fortune teller I don't go to fortune tellers. I never have. I mean, I, maybe as, as a gimmick or something, but they're like fortune tellers. If you are if you are out there telling people what cards to buy with a, with a future outlook, you are basically a fortune teller. So if you are someone who's being influenced by a content creator and then you're blaming them for losing your money, I'm I would bet that you also believe in in seeing fortune tellers and learning what your future is going to hold and that sort of thing. Well. I won't disagree with you in the sense that you have to be accountable for your actions. If you decide to go buy a card, if you decide to go invest in said player, yes, you are accountable for the decisions you make. Somebody on the internet or the ethers of the internet, they're not responsible for your financial decisions. Where I will, I'll just throw a caveat in there just because this, let's add some spice to the conversation. What I see a lot and the counter argument to that argument is, well, some of these people don't know any better. They're coming in. They don't. They're novices. They don't understand. You know, they, they they're being led. They feel like this is really cool. This is the person you should listen to. You know, Bob tells me to go listen to this person, and I, I listen to this person. This person gave me these picks. I bought these cards. It just didn't turn out. Yeah, you're blindly following people. You should be accountable for your decisions you're making. But that can be dangerous because you're just listening to people. You're you're tuning in and. You don't know anything about the space. And I think a lot of folks in our society, I'm just going to bring it back to the, the realm of our society. People are impatient. They don't like doing their due diligence. They're just, they're quick on the trigger. 
You got TikTok videos. Everything's 30 seconds or less. You've got to captivate attention and engage people within 30 seconds or less. So you have this mentality, this drive-through mentality of our, of our society that wants things quickly. They don't want to do the due diligence. They want to dig in and learn. They just want to go and figure it out. So I think that other side of the equation is, you know, is there some sort of onus on the content creator to be mindful of the fact that you might have some very uh What's the word where you're very you're, you're easily influenced? There's there's a word for that. Gullible. Uh, Gullible. Yeah. It, it, should you be mindful as a content creator? And you and Jeremy, you tell me this because you've been a you've been a content creator for quite a while, and you've also been a collector for longer than I think most of us in this chat combined. If you are as you enter into us, if you put out a video and you're talking to guests, you're interviewing people, you're putting on a show, are you mindful of the things you say and how they could be? taken and would people you, uh, just tell me i mean humor me yeah, is that something you think about 100 100 i do uh, i always feel awkward showing cards uh what i just bought because i feel like i can then be a target of someone who's trying to pump my own cards yet i also feel like i i should just like say well too bad i have a right just as much as a non-con non-content creator does to enjoy my cards and show my online friends what i'm buying as well so on my show on Saturday night, at the very end, I showed all the cards I had picked up this year so far. My at the half at the half year mark, and I said, "But you know, these are cards I love." And I think I think like my audience, people that watch me that know me by now, they know that I'm not looking to get you to buy the cards I'm buying. I'll show you what I like. You'll see my passion, my authentic passion come through, and it's up to you. You can either believe it's authentic passion and and not buy what I want, or you can decide for your, not. You can decide for yourself. Right. That like, oh, Jeremy, that card, Jeremy just brought this card to my attention. That's a cool card. I'm going to research it. Dennis, it happens to me all the time. And it doesn't matter who you are, content creator or, or new account on Instagram with 35 followers. You might show a card that takes me down a rabbit hole and spending hundreds of dollars. But I will never blame you for that because I'm buying those cards because I like them. And you, without knowing it, yeah. inspired me. To buy, right. you didn't influence me because you didn't you didn't even know that you were talking to me, but you inspired me. You introduced me to something I wasn't even aware of before. So that that I always think about that, Dennis. It's uh it's yeah. one of these uh it's one of these kind of barriers to 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 being able to be a hundred percent pure because I'm always thinking, okay, what am what what did I just say? That you know, the other thing about being a, a live streamer exclusively is that there's only one take. You know, I could say something and I might not have thought it through, and then I'm like, ah, you know what? I don't really know that that what I said made sense, and do I really feel that way? And then, but if somebody out there, you know, if if a if a watchdog or whoever decides to clip that that Jeremy Lee said and use it against him, uh, it's like, yeah, okay, I said it, but I didn't really mean, like, you know, I. I'm, I'm I'm coming up with stuff off the fly here all the time. So, yeah, it's I'm always thinking about that, Dennis. You know, I, and Jeremy, I hate to I did hate to like digress and detract, but some of these comments, I know you've highlighted a couple of them. Um, I'm on my I'm on my iPhone doing doing this right now <clears throat> because I didn't have I I had to just come in here quick, so I'm not seeing some of them. But you had highlighted a couple amazing comments. Well, some really funny them. ones. Let's, let's get, get to, to them. them. Yeah, let's get to so, them. Uh, Brendan, we're going to go back here. Brendan says it's the chicken yeah. or the egg. Control of the narrative can be a savvy way to spin the truth. 
which can be a matter of perspective and subjective. Yeah, yeah, for sure, 100%. And, and the bigger audience controls the narrative because then all the other next level uh, influencers or creators then do, they, they just, they recycle that information. They call it more attention to it. Sports cards nonsense. I'm guessing this is Jesse. I feel like Jesse's the one that's out there. Says this is the oh, Mike. It's got to be Mike if he's talking about hype. Hype is overrated in the content world and in the real world. Says uh, says Mike Geo from Sports Cards Nonsense. Geo, that's awesome, man. I love Mookie it. You Chilton. always bring the good stuff. Is it fair to say influencers have commercial goals and the inspirational creators do not? I don't think it's that cut and dry, Mookie. I think because listen. I don't, I listen, I don't consider myself an influencer because I don't have any interest in influencing anybody to do anything. I do consider myself to be an inspirer because I love, I love my collection. I love the hobby. And if you're not inspired by that, good for you. Like, like find your own inspiration. But I also have, I also have commercial goals in, in at the same time, but I am able to compartmentalize those from trying to get anybody to do anything in this hobby. Go ahead, you were gonna jump well, in. Well, and so let me say something that might be, I'm not, I'm not trying to like poke at you or, or cause any, but- No, challenge you, me, please. No, I, wanna, I, wanna, I, just, I just do it away. I, I'm, and this is a very kind, polite way. You say that, but then you wear a tag shirt on every one of your episodes. Yeah. And, and it's very obvious, I think a lot of folks know, it's very obvious that you have an affiliation with tag. Nothing oh, yeah. wrong with that. Um, I, 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 but if, if I love Jeremy Lee, I tune into your shows and I have a lot of respect for you and I trust you, I might start buying tag graded items. I mean, and I just think I was, some, sometimes you just don't even mean to do it, but you're doing it without even knowing it. Right. It's, it's like impressions. It's getting the brand out there. Listen, I don't hide it. I'm an investor in the company. I hold uh, I hold a managerial role with the company, um, you know. And but the thing is, is that it's not like it's not like I don't believe in it. I absolutely believe in in tag. Now, listen, this isn't this show taking stock. This episode is not about tag. But to explain, you know, I believe in it so much that I'm willing to put that out there. And yes, I do have a commercial interest in it. But I also think it's what's right for the hobby. It's not just what's right for me. If you go back to my Instagram announcement that I was joining Tag that I made, like, I think it was whatever, the first day of the Burbank show, the end of August, early September last year, I said, in my role with Tag, I will do. I will go as follows. I will put the hobby first, the company second, and Jeremy Lee third with everything I do in Tag. And I'm sticking to that. I all, when I When I am speaking to our group there, I am always speaking on behalf of the hobby. I'm kind of, I look at myself as like the hobby's voice inside of what I think is going to be, what I think is the best grading company in the world because it's, it's objective. That's why, that's what I like it. It's objective and consistent. That's why I like it. So yeah, I have that commercial interest, but it's also my, a hobby interest for me. So, but listen, I don't want to make this all about tag. I hope that did that sound? I don't also want. I also don't want to dodge the no. question. So no, I did. I, I answer that properly you, for you. You did. You did. I, I just was the point I was trying to make is like even when we're not trying to, even when we're not intentionally trying. And there was a comment earlier in the thread I, when I was poking. Oh, I was poking around in there that said it's all about intent. You're not intending to do that, but by the fact that you're wearing that shirt every single time we get on a live, 
people are going to start wondering, why does he keep wearing? So if I'm someone who's a knob, I don't know anything about the space. I start, okay, someone tells me, go listen to Jeremy Lee. He's really great. His lives are pretty informative. You're going to learn about the hobby. I go there and I go, why is he wearing this tag shirt? Like, what's that about? And I go yeah. do my research and go, oh, okay, this is a new grading company. And then somehow I hear through the comments, like, okay, he's, you know, he, he's invested in tech. And all of a sudden I decided, you know what? I trust Jeremy Lee. I like Jeremy Lee a lot. So, you know, I'm, I, I, I you know, I have respect for him. <clears throat> I'm going to start submitting my cards to tag. I'm going to start buying tag only cards. It, yeah, likely I'm not saying it's happening, but it's just, that was the point I'm trying to make. So take that and apply it to a lot of other content creators that are like, you know, wearing a shirt, talking about a player, talking about a certain set that they love. Everybody's going to have a natural inclination to have a bias towards what they love. Obviously, if anybody knows me, I'm Ken Griffey Jr. guy. I mean, it, if it hasn't yeah. already been out there, that's who I love. I mean, I'm, Mariner, well, I'm a Mariner me, guy. So let me, let me jump in and just say, you know, my, my response my best response to that, because, and I hear what you're saying, and it's to, it, it's so valid, you know, and again, I don't want to dodge it whatsoever. I I think one of the things, you know, to, to almost like validate my tag affiliation is that I'm not just affiliate, like, I invested my hard-earned money into the company. I, I That's how my, I didn't invest my money into the company because I want to make a ton of money. Like, listen, of course I want to make money. I, I'm just like everybody does. But I don't. I don't invest my money lightly. I have to believe in it. I believe in it so much. I put my money into it. It's not like they're giving me their money. I put my money into into tag, right? So, I think that says a lot for why I am so. Uh, why I wear the shirt, and yeah, I wear the shirt pretty much every every live stream that I do. I wear the shirt um, because I want people. I want people to know about it because I think it's. I think it's a great company, I, and I love what we're doing and. Totally, all the transparency, all that. Let's move on, though. I'll, if it, if it, if it comes up from the chat, I'll address it again. But again, well, I don't before make we move on, before we move on, uh, Gio mentioned that give the people what they want. He doesn't think you should be wearing a shirt at all. He wants you to be coming in without a shirt on on our on our lives. So that's why I was laughing when you were giving me this great dissertation. I'm like starting to crack up. <laughs> like poor, poor Jeremy. He's like telling me he's like being passionate, telling me I'm like cracking up because I'm reading. Geo's comment. Anyway, sorry. All right. Scott Nobles here says, I see the difference in what you do. He's talking about me versus others is that you are not trying to pump a product or set or a set to unload my own cards. Correct. Correct. I'm certainly not. Mike Petty. Thank you, Scott, for that. Mike Petty says, if you don't know where you are going, you might wind up someplace else. Must have to do with uh, just blindly following. Joe Pro says, buyer beware, content consumers be aware. I think that's very true. Uh, Mike Geo says, uh, Joe once Joe Perot once touched my leg in the back of a cab in Vegas. Jeremy was there also. Just a thought. <laughs> I don't remember that, uh, Mike. Uh, but if you're dreaming about, about me and Joe, that's great too. Michael Ham says, I think most who play the flipping game and people see your most who play the flipping game and people see you're doing well, they will follow example Warren Buffett. Yeah, and but again, you've done your due diligence on on the on the influencer in a in a warm buffet let's say professor says can you explain the youtube algorithm no i can't i i, I cannot flea market mixtape says uh not sure if you're i remember seeing you flea market mixtape uh good to see you thank you for for making a comment piccolina says jeremy's ever i thought i just saw him with dr beckett I, I did drop into hobby hotline before this show for a few minutes piccolina nice to see you here as well bobby burrell uses 
the eight ball for all of his decisions. Makes good sense, Bobby. Explain some of the pieces in your collection. Just kidding. Collector's Dream says, you're not coming to Jeremy for his pretty face. What? Or production. It's his knowledge and experience not telling people what to buy. Collector's Dream has watched me enough to know that I don't tell people what to buy. People often ask me what to buy, and I, I hate being asked that question. Sports card nonsense. Uh, his face has always captivated me. Thank you so much, Mike. Uh, you're not too shabby yourself. <laughs> Dumb. Uh, he went to your question on what's the word for people who just follow. Chris J said naive. Corey says the reality is if you go look who is complaining that certain influencers lose collectors money, it's nine out of 10 times not anyone who actually lost money. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe not, right? Maybe it's, it's just the watchdog community. Nonsense says, I've noticed Corey trying to inflate the Tim McInerney auto market. Be aware of that. Also, he, Tim is one of the people who had his own car, his influencer card in the Tops product. Corey says, the people who would actually take the advice and truly lose significant money likely move out of the hobby. I think we probably lost a few of those for sure. That's Professor true. says, do we, do we have enough to audit the output of influencers and should we give feedback such as influencer rating, veracity score, or is this out of bounds? I just think it's, I just think it's too subjective and what are the standards, but uh, work on a set of standards, Professor. I know that's kind of right up your alley. Show Your Slab says, I would inflate that stupid card. Okay, okay, thank you guys. Mike Petty, 90% of the content creators were new to the hobby or just getting back in three years ago. They didn't know Jack. That's why shows like this are critical to discuss hot button topics. Thank you, Mike Petty. Before you jump on from that, Mike Petty, I am that guy. I'm the guy who jumped in three years ago, but this like, okay, this way, this gentleman sitting next to me here, my, my lovely Canadian friend, Jeremy Lee has been doing this so long. I have learned so much from this guy. And that's what's really interesting and fun about this show is you've got two different perspectives, a perspective of someone who's seen all the, the cycles and you got my perspective who's seen the bubble. I got in before, up, down, here I am still here. So it is interesting that that's happened. I think a lot of the folks have come in recently, but I, I don't know if everybody who started creating content is new to the hobby. Jeremy, you tell me that. I don't know if that's the case. I think there's a few of us that are, um, but not everybody who's creating content is new to the hobby. I know you're not, Cage is oh, not. not. There's a lot of people that have been doing this for many years. Geo, th these guys have been doing this for a long time. You had a breaking. I mean, people have been in yeah, this for I a think minute. I think, I think, uh, yeah, there's a whole group of content creators that aren't kind of in the, in the at center stage sort of thing. There's a whole bunch that are kind of have smaller channels, a lot of like show and tell channels. They've been in the hobby for a long time. Uh, but I think when, because a lot of those people are only on YouTube, let's say, but when you combine YouTube to Twitter, to Instagram, to Facebook groups, maybe you, Maybe you're a breaker or a pass breaker, like a geo who had an audience that way. Mm -hmm. I mean, now all of a sudden you're everywhere and you, you become thought of as that 90% that Mike Petty's talking about. But I think 90% is, is definitely high. Uh, okay, let's keep on going though. Uh, all right. Flea Market says being hands-on is different. And Jeremy is a decent guy. Thank you so much, Flea Market. Mookie Chilson says, I don't know for sure, but I assume Tag hired Jeremy. Because of his vast expertise and hobby integrity, it's an influential hiring and relationship, but that's not a bad thing at all. 
And yeah, listen, as I said before, you know, I gave them, I wrote a check, I wrote a check to tag, you know, one of the biggest checks in my life to tag. And yes, <laughs> I do receive, I do receive money from tag Two to be a part of the company. And I think that is part of why they hired me, but we got to know each other very well when I didn't during the course of doing a five episode reveal uh, series with them. And it was the advice that I gave them in some of those meetings on things that they saw, oh, he's not just a content creator or someone with an audience. He actually understands the hobby, which I you, feel you've been I here. You've been here for a long time. And I think uh, Mike Geo made a comment in there. I know we're, we're picking on that guy a lot, but he, he, there's a lot of folks that are by 2020 forward. There, there's no lie about that. I mean, that's that's truth. There's a lot of folks that have picked up and created content. I don't necessarily feel like that's a bad thing, though. Right on. Professor says the Jeremy Tag t-shirt inspires me to learn about tag and the power of AI to assist in grading where human graders only maybe uh, are maybe failing us on reproducibility and consistency. That's part of the tag, uh, the, the whole mission of tag. Joe S says general point of frustration with influencers at the top of the market. Influencers were bullish making picks and telling the future. Today, they are collectors who can't tell the future. I mean, that you're talking, uh, listen, I've, I've heard, I've seen this out there this whole this message and yeah yeah again we're picking and choosing you know not this is a, a very a, an over generalization it's only some and maybe i don't need maybe it's some of the the channels that get more attention or the influencers that get more or the i don't even like using the word influencers the creators they get more attention but i mean i've been i was bullish on the hobby when it was during the upswing and i'm bullish on the hobby during the downswing because i'm because i love the hobby and I think a lot of content creators are, are like that. Uh, I think about um, Mike Moynihan, Mike Baseball Collector. He's always bullish on the hobby. He doesn't care what the prices are. He's loving the hobby. I'm the same way. Me and Mike are not alone. There's a lot of guys that are like that. So it's it's uh, there are some who, who get picked on regularly, who maybe have, have, have pivoted or changed. But you know what? They have every right to change. In my opinion, they have every right to learn a lesson and be better next time or to change core. I give myself permission to sell off some cards and from my PC that I no longer enjoy. I give myself permission to try new things in content. And if you don't, and but but if if you and not you, not not people who watch me regularly, but if anyone out there doesn't like that, I don't really care. Like that's fine. I'm I'm here doing my thing. Everyone else is out there doing their things and I respect it. You want to jump in, Dennis? Yeah, I know. I don't think you have to explain. You don't have to, you know, you know, uh, what's the word? Um, you don't have to explain yourself when it comes to selling cards. I mean, that just that's a personal decision as a collector, as a, as a as someone who, you know, as you know, from your financial position and your family, all that stuff. That's your decision. That has that should have no relevance whatsoever. But <clears throat> what I was going to say is I think there's uh, why do you think it is? that people are so frustrated with certain, because we're, I know we're playing it, we're being really coy here, not using names, but why do you think it is that certain content creators are so polarizing that they garner so much frustration? Why do you think that is? Oh, I mean, I think it's, you know, there's a herd mentality that, that exists in our culture. And it, it, there's also a, uh, there's a, a bravado that comes with not being out amongst uh, people physically, but being behind your camera or just behind your Instagram account or whatever. 
and it's easy to attack and people people love to uh people love to to hate people love to see things to see people fail people love to see companies fail people love to see people fail and it's it's an it's just the way that it's it's part of our culture you know it's uh it's the whole you know rubber rubber rub, rub, what uh, whatever you know you see a car accident you slow down and watch it because you're curious, you know, what's going on there with like the whole dumpster fire kind of thing. And so I think, you know, that's a general answer, but if you get more granular into your question, my thoughts are if so as soon as somebody says something that makes them look like they don't know what they're talking about, makes them look stupid and they have a huge audience, they become a target. They become a target. And then the herd mentality jumps in and the bravado jump on and it's just like it's just attack 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 and you know some some of those people being attacked content creators go away and you don't you don't hear from them again and some of them use that as fuel and they just keep on going and they say i'm doing what i'm doing over here and you're doing what you're doing over there and if i'm going to be a part of your of, of your hobby experience that's on you. Like if, if, if I'm living rent-free in your head, have at her. And if that's getting you clicks, good for you. Good for you. But I'm going to stick to what I'm doing because, and I'm not, I'm talking for not me. I'm talking for some, for, for whoever. Uh, whoever it is. Yeah. Whoever it is that's, that's causing that kind of, yeah, disruption. Um, yeah. All right, let's go to let's go to a couple more comments here. Uh, Sports cars nonsense says Jeremy, you were in that cab, eight of us <laughs> in that in that. I do remember that now, Mike. Uh, thank you for the fun, and hopefully we'll have similar experiences in a few weeks. Here, CC says people are in the industry for different reasons: collectors, investors, and or dealers. Similarly, content is mixed, informational, factor fiction, marketing, sales, and or entertainment. Ah, it's such a good comment, CC because you're exactly right. Me, Dennis and I, the other day, we were trying to come up with the different niches of content, the different categories of content. Here's what I came up with. Sorry, here's what we came up with. I, sorry, Dennis. Here's what we it's came okay. up with. It's okay. We came up with the interview genre, which I think I fit in into. We came up with yep. the daily news genre, auction event coverage. I, I certainly fit into that. Card show vlogging, show and tells, high value production influencers, stock pickers, sponsored creators, and watchdog, the watchdog genre. Those are kind of the way. Now, we, we kind of worked on that for five minutes and then moved on. But those are the, the different categories of content that, that we came up with in a few minutes the other day. Anything to, to jump in with there, Dennis? No, I was, just, I was clicking on the comments. I'm, I'm trying to see All what right. you were saying. Let's Sorry. get to them. Bobby says, it is easier to mislead people than convince them they have been misled. Yeah, so true. So true. <laughs> Just like how self-aware are you, right? Uh, yeah. Corey says, but to be fair, what happened in three years has never happened before. 100% true. Hello to Brent Wire, Deep Value Investor. Dan the Cardman says, better question, is that a Vectrex? That is, in fact, a Vectrex, Dan the Cardman. That is, in fact, a Vectrex. I have some of the overlays. I got the cartridges and all of it. Corey says it was a perfect storm. Say, yeah, the 90s were a boom, fine, but the new complete sectors were not built off that boom. Uh, I agree. It's a different It's a different uh, era we're in now than it was in the 90s for sure. 
too small. It is a Vectrex. It's just covered by the shelf. It's a Vectrex, Brendan. I, I assure you, it's a Vectrex. Hello to you, Nova. Uh, JG, just curious, Jeremy, were you this bullish in like 2018 about the card market? JG, I've been this bullish of I've been this bullish about the hobby really since the year 2000. I would say, uh, you know, after my kind of five year, uh, you know, not being as active. But yeah, I've always been bullish. I mean, I could show. I could show you my, and I'm not going to, but I could show you my eBay buying history going back to 1999, if, if it's available. I could show you my Com C buying selling activity going back to 2013. Uh, yeah, for sure I could. Brent says, man, people in this hobby expect people to be so <coughs> fixed in place and not allowed to change their opinion and ideas. It's a great comment. Like back to that thing, like just because some, a company or a yeah. content creator pivots, like, yeah. And, and if they pivot and own up to maybe giving some bad advice in the past, I mean, I don't know. Is that so bad? A lot of jealousy. There's a lot of jealousy. There's, there's a lot of what I notice is there's a lot of punching up in this in this in our space. I don't ever see punching down. I almost never see punching down, but I see a no. lot of punching up in this hobby. A lot of it. Tribalism says Brendan Ryan. No different in the hobby. I hear you. Right. It, it's everywhere. It's in society. It's this our hobby is really a microcosm of overall culture. And it's a beautiful yep. thing, really, because we've got everybody, we got all sorts of people in our hobby. Collector's Dream says most channels, most collector channels like mine never get exposure due to YouTube algorithms. Right. That's what I was saying before. A lot of smaller channels, collectors who are showing their new cards every week aren't getting the views. Then that's what started YouTube hobby content was that kind of thing. It wasn't, you know, interviews and watchdog and uh, daily news stuff. Corey says it's jealousy, plain and simple. I'm not saying people shouldn't be held accountable, but if you try and change and people still hate it, it's just jealousy. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Michael Ham says negativity breeds reaction, reaction and negativity. You go out of your way to complain. Most who like something never give a response. That's a really important comment. I believe is that if you are a content creator out there and you have critics and haters, just know that the people that are kind of cheering you on are, are, are not as vocal as the ones who are coming at you. And that's uh, that's something that I think a lot of content creators who you would expect to feel like bullied out of the space aren't because they know that they have people that love what they're doing as well. Dennis, anything before we keep going? No, keep going. Brent says, Jeff Wilson had a great content, had great content on Marshall Fogel and the Mantle Collection. And some of my hobby friends refused to even watch and hated on me for even watching it. I mean, yeah, like that's just, uh, I, I, I don't understand that, Brent. I don't understand hating you for watching something. Um, but okay, I mean, it is what it is. Maybe time to reevaluate who your friends are for hating you for... for you for, shouldn't for, have anybody I, hating you. No, that's, would, that's, that's silly. That doesn't make any silly. sense. Like I watch some TV shows sometimes that are probably not shows that some of you watching think are cool. Like I like to watch the show Big Brother. I like watching that social experiment, people in a house, whatever. I was once playing poker with my buddies and we were talking about, I said, yeah, I watched Big Brother. Like, and the one guy's like, oh, you want, like he was making fun of me. I'm like, you're going to make fun of me for watching a TV show that that, that I actually I like mean, to watch. Like, like you're going to make fun of me for that? That's, that's, I mean, it's crazy. I, I watch a show called Danger Bay and nobody knows what it is, but I love it. It's like one of my favorite shows from when I was a kid. Do you know that listen, show? Listen, 
if you're going to make fun of me for the food I like or, or the clothes I wear or, or, or my hairdo or lack of hairdo, or you're going to make fun of me Jeremy, for the content there, I watch, don't, don't the go cards there, I collect, any of that, again, yeah, I don't care. Like, I really it don't. That, that, yeah. I'm in your head. You are certainly not in mine. Uh, good to have sports cards nonsense in the house. Thank you so much. Brent says we can always learn and grow. If you're open to it, you certainly, certainly can. Corey says people aren't even jealous because they want to be creators. They just are jealous of the success in the same space they are in. Definitely, definitely. Uh, I'm not going to bring that one up. Um, Bob's big boy says those who try to be original rarely are. If you want to be original, simply tell the truth. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Benny Cromwell, welcome, uh, welcome back. Good to see you. Joe says, don't pick on Mike G or he will school you on the basketball court. Dan the Cardman says that the Vectrex is an amazing system. The overlays and vector-based imagery is such a cool con. I know. I know, Dan. Uh, listen, I haven't played it in years, but it works. And uh, and I, I just love it as, as a collectible piece now as well. Mike Petty says, I don't like to see people get their teeth kicked in. One, one, one out of 100 will listen to someone <laughs> who has been successful and knows more than they do. They will... They will listen to Jeff Wilson types and lose $4 million. Listen, if you're losing $4 million because you're listening to Jeff Wilson or anybody else, um, you have a I don't blame problem. Jeff you Wilson or that person. Other issue. Yeah, I blame you for writing checks that you just had no idea what you were doing. Or $4 million. You, I think he meant 1M doesn't mean million. 1M means thousand. So he okay. might mean 4,000. Four. Okay. Sorry, Mike. That's I don't, the banger of me coming out. Sorry. Bob's big boy says the scary thing about influencers is that when ideas like fractional ownership loans on cards as assets and top shot NFTs got rolled out, they typically don't give an honest opinion since it's paid for. Okay. I can speak directly to this because I was paid by collectible, the fractional <coughs> ownership company to do a show for them for about two years. Every Sunday, seven o'clock Eastern, I went live with a guest interviewed the guest and then talked about the the assets the assets that were being ipo'd on the collectible uh platform and i got paid to do that so here i'm gonna quickly dennis uh, quickly tell the story of how that came to be i i did my i was doing sports cards live collectible approached me bef just before the 2021 national said we hey we should chat at the great i'm happy to chat i mean i've been doing content for a year and a half by now, happy to chat with any company that wants to talk to me. As long as I like the company, I like the people and I like what they're doing. So I met with them a couple of weeks later, we made an agreement where I would host it. They said, we want you to host a show just like yours, call it collectible live, do it on our channel and just interview people. And, you know, it was a way for them to create an event around their product. So I got to know the people there really like the people still like the people that were at collectible. These are, in my mind, these are good people. Uh, still, still have a lot of respect for for the team over there. Ezra, Dave Marino. I mean, I'm still talking. I'm still friends with these guys, and I like them. I think they're good people. Uh, so we did the show, and I got to I did 66 episodes, and I got to meet a ton of people uh, who I never would have met if it wasn't for that. And did the show, and we talked about the the cards or the or the memorabilia that was coming up for auction. Now. Fractional is something that I have professional experience in. I worked for six years for in in real estate. Fractional is called it's called land banking. Look up land banking. That is syndication or fractionalized ownership of land. And I was a VP 
for the biggest land banker in the world uh, before the um, before the oh the, uh, the the subprime mortgage issue happened. And I understand how fractional how fractional ownership works from a legal perspective, from a taxation perspective. I was the VP of taxation for this company. So I used to travel the world and tell people in Hong Kong or Malaysia or Singapore what the tax implications were of owning Canadian and American land because we sold land in we sold Canadian and American land. Anyway, I had an intimate understanding of how fractional ownership of assets works. I believed in it. I still believe in it. I just think it was too early. And I realize that now. So anyway, um, the comment that Bob's big, big boy brings up is, you know, uh, I, gave, I gave an honest opinion every time I went live for collectible. Was my opinion, did it end up being right? The fractional <laughs> made sense? I think it makes sense. I just don't think it made sense, makes sense yet in where, the, and of course, everything turned in the hobby and didn't see that coming. So, but I think a lot of people did. Okay. I, thanks for letting me get that, that out there. Uh, Michael Ham says, I think I'm the only guy in my genre. <laughs> maybe, maybe you are. Good evening to peeps. Currency Projects has loved the social experiment shows. Like you said, these are microcosms of larger, of a larger picture, like Big Brother, Survivor, these kinds of things. Bob's big boy. Does too much content create hobby fatigue? When hobby news drops, everyone releases a video with their take, and it's usually very vanilla. Less is more. Yeah, so Bob's big boy. I often get asked, are you going to talk about this, or are you going to talk about that? I'll get a DM. I saw such and so-and-so talk about this. Are you going to talk about it? Like, no. There are enough people out there. Report Dustin, on the, Dustin the sports guard dad, does a great job. Dan the card man does a great job of bringing you the daily news in the hobby. Cage does that now. I don't need to do that. I don't, it, it, there's enough other people doing it. What you need, what I would just contribute to the fatigue, but I do agree. There is some fatigue and I've really scaled back my content consumption because there's a lot of repetitive stuff. There's a lot of stuff that just isn't enjoyable anymore. Uh, so, you know, you got to really, as, as uh, Joe Pro said earlier, you got to curate your content consumption. So Corey says, if you listen to Jeff Wilson for investing, I'll bet my life you don't have 4 million to lose. Yeah. I, listen, I never listened to Jeff Wilson for investing. I, I watched several of his videos because I like the production value. I like to see what was being talked about, but I never once made a decision to buy a card based on any, any suggestion he ever made on, on what cards to buy. I mean, I just have enough experience in the hobby to know that if you're giving advice on buying players of this year's rookie crop, it's a, it's a, you're destined to lose money in time. Well, why don't we talk about it this way? Does everybody, everybody turn on your TV? I mean, watch your YouTube videos. You're getting interrupted with commercials. You get ads, commercials, ads, commercials. You go to a movie, you get previews. You go to the theater, there's previews for movies. You're constantly being told what to do. You're constantly being influenced on what to buy, what to eat, what to drink, where to travel, what to wear. Happens everywhere. This whole idea that people are being influenced is like this whole new thing. Everybody thinks for themselves is garbage. That doesn't exist. It's not how it works. If you decide to follow other people's advice, that is your decision. I'm with you, Jeremy. And, and the more I keep hearing this discussion go and all these comments come in, it, it's just like, I, I've taken it in the teeth, okay? I, you know, Mike Petty said, I got kicked in the teeth. Big time. I've lost a ton of money in this space. Like, so much so, I, I mean, people probably just leave. 
But I love cards. I love the hobby. I love the community. I'm not going anywhere. But yeah, I had to learn. You know, I can't keep blaming other people for my own decisions. It's like you, you make your decision, you live with it. And a story. And a story. I, I don't go buy everything that, that's promoted on TV. My kids don't want every single thing they see as a commercial. They, they, they do. You tell them, no, you're not getting that. Like, there's a limit. Of course, this whole world wants to peddle you stuff. That's just part of the, our, the world we live in. But it doesn't mean you have to go buy it. And if you go buy it, it doesn't mean you can get to complain about it later going, well, this was terrible. This was awful. Yeah, you said this was going to be great and it wasn't. Well, you know, you take that chance when you buy something. That's life. It's the same thing with cards. So if if anybody gets on any, I, I'm, I'm refusing to use names as best I can here. But if any content creator puts out production, puts out content that talks about something they're excited about or something they think is going to be good, then great. Let them do that. That's fine. You can decide whether you want to follow that advice or not. It's no one's holding the gun to your head. No one's making you watch the content. Just like if you watch a lot of negative stuff, you're going to be a negative human being. And a story. If you watch true crime and watch people getting murdered all the time and you watch the news and see all the terrible stuff going on and you, you, you refuse to think that anything good is going on in the world, well, you're going to be a very unhappy person because you're flooding your brain with all this negativity. So if you're watching negative sports hobby content, then you're going to think everything's going to, you know, hell in a handbasket. Well, it's not because you can watch a lot of other content that says the otherwise. I, I just think it's all about balance and it, you know, you're you're a sum of who you. I guess what's that? Is there's a word? There's a sum of the content you you absorb, or the 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 people you hang out with or affiliate with. You're you're pretty much that's who you are. I mean, there's there's a saying in there somewhere. I don't know what it is, but <clears throat> anyway, there's my rant. Yeah, no, listen, I, th I think you're I think you're right. I, I think you're right in everything you just said. I I agree with that. Uh, Mike Petty here says he referring to Jeff Wilson lost millions for collectors. I vehemently disagree with that he never cut anybody's check every collect and and not collectors i can't see it being collectors because collectors for the most part collect what they want to collect i think the people that lost millions blindly following advice from jeff wilson and probably some others they need to take accountability they are the ones accountable not jeff wilson jeff wilson has no access to anybody else's money except for him, except for him, his, his family, that that's, I don't, I can't spend anybody's money except mine. Maybe, may, you know, that's it. Right. So he didn't lose money for anybody. I don't believe people. Well, unless, unless you think there's a Nigerian prince in Africa that needs money that sent you an email last night that you're going to send all your money. He needs $5 million. Are you sending that guy $5 million? People lit, people took advice from somebody on YouTube and then held that person accountable. Here's the thing. Um, you know, a financial planner, is, like financial planners have certificates that say, I'm a financial planner. They are then giving you advice and, you know, but they're assessing your risk. They're, they're going through the, the know your client pro procedures. They're, they're, they're doing everything that they need to do to give you the best advice and to adhere to their standards. We, this is, there's no standards in giving advice. Anybody, anybody can go on create a YouTube channel and say, here's the top five cards to buy. And there's people that still do that today. I think some people even charge for that kind of, of advice, which I don't even think it's advice. I, I can't, can't consider that advice, but I, I, 
this comment here, and Mike Petty, I, listen, I know you, you often say great things, but he didn't lose a dime for anybody. I, I don't think, unless, unless he actually reached out to people and said, hey, you should go put 20 grand into Will Greer or whatever player he was promoting it or, or, or buying himself at any given time. To the extent that, that people on their own tune into hobby content creators and then follow their advice, that's on them. That's 100% on them. If you are gullible <laughs> enough, uh, you know, just not confident in yourself, you don't know enough. If you're not a subject matter expert, maybe you shouldn't have done it at all because this is what can happen. So I don't know. I just don't think he lost money for collectors. I think that's a cop out and I think it's, it's passing the buck and it's not being accountable for your own actions. And I've been, a, listen, I watched a lot of, of uh, Jeff Wilson's content during the, the pandemic. I didn't lose a buck to anything he said because I, I know how to, I'm an experienced hobbyist. And if I wasn't, I still wouldn't have lost a dollar then because I would have, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been. Well, I mean, and this, this gets kind of into a dangerous topic and I probably shouldn't say this, and this is going to start leaning into kind of things that I believe and think, but I mean, we cut a bunch of checks, the treasury, the U S treasury cut so many checks, stimulus checks, there there are people in in our world and like it or not that they play a victim they're a victim i'm not saying mike petty's saying he's i'm not saying he's that guy i'm just saying in general there are people out there that let want to play the victim like i was taken advantage of and now i'm going to sue or now i think i deserve this and it's like you know what there's a lot of that out there. So I, I'm not surprised. There's a lot of folks going, Hey, wait, this person, he's preying on innocent. He's not. Um, I'm with you, Jeremy. I just think it's a tired argument. Uh, I do too. I, I just be accountable, take some responsibility for your actions. When you hit the buy it now, when you, when you bid on something, when you cut the check, Brent says, in many ways, fractional ownership of true grails is still a good idea. And it's happening just on a, a less on an informal uh, level. People partner on cards all the time. Peep says the best hobby content on YouTube is coming from collectors who share their passion and perspective on their pickups and their cards. Yeah, that, that's a wonderful uh, type of hobby content for sure. Uh, Brent says lots of hobby news now and not a lot of creative strategic ideas. Yeah, I mean, even... I'd be careful giving creative strategic idea content out there because it might not work. And then you're going to be accused of, of giving bad advice, but just to be just a <clears throat> pro caution out there, Joe S says, have you two observed what you would characterize as unethical influencer behavior? If so, can you share some examples? I mean, the only thing that comes to mind for me, because I don't believe, I mean, I'm sure I've seen something out there. I'm just not thinking of it. But what, what comes to mind for me is, in terms of unethical, is when a content creator speaks about somebody else in the hobby, whether it's somebody at, a, at, a, at one of the companies within our hobby slash industry, uh, another collector, a content creator, and spreads information about that person that, that you know, may not be true, that they don't have hard factual evidence of. I think that that's uh, unethical to just throw people under the bus without evidence. And, and it happens all the time, all the time. But I also think that people that consume that type of content understand it. And it's, it's just, it's just entertainment at that point. And, and it's funny and it's cute, 
you know? I mean, there's a reason the news doesn't report on positive things. Right. You know, the most, most of the content and things that people absorb, the headlines are negative. It's something polarizing. It's something extreme. That's what we all, and we all do it. I'm not saying I'm not subject to it as well. We all do. We, like something is like, oh, I'll watch that. Or you get a video going, hey, these two people had it out on this live. Oh, you got to go check that out. Or this happened in this, this Instagram live, or this just happened. And <clears throat> this person said this about that person. So we all kind of like, you know, run to the, you know, even if we're like, I would never watch that. We all watch it. We all watch it. And we go there and we watch it and we get it. We have, everybody kind of has an opinion about it. And that becomes like a conversation piece with other people in the hobby. It's just what we do. It's life. It's how it goes. I mean, trying to pretend that doesn't happen is silly. And that's what drives the clicks. That's what drives the energy and the engagement, unfortunately. And there was a comment about earlier. You said, yeah, it's showing off cards, mail days. That's really cool. And that, that should be something that we all enjoy. But let's face it, it's not. The stuff that gets the clicks is the stuff that's telling you what's going to make you money. How can I make money? I want to make money. I want to improve my financial standing. That's going to drive people's behavior. That and drama. Those well, that, two things. Yeah, the first one is going to draw. It's going to drive viewers and clicks from people who are not seasoned hobbyists because seasoned hobbyists don't aren't in it just to make money, like maybe flippers, but, but you know, the people who came into the hobby during the pandemic, cause they saw dollar signs, but people, listen, people who've been in the hobby from well before the pandemic, they're not, it's different for them, right? They're, they're not, they're not going in. That's probably watching. true. You're they're probably right. Just, yeah. They're not taking advice from any YouTuber. They're being inspired. They're learning about new cards, but they're not going and buying a certain player thinking they're going to make money on that player. But uh, they like they the are, drama, Jeremy. Jeremy, they like the drama, though. They will like the drama. You know why? Because different. they see that's all these the new one. people. Yeah, they see all the new people coming in, and they see the drama, the people feeding on. So they'll 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 arrive in that camp, and so they'll come at content from that direction. And I think that I I mean I don't know. I could be wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong, Jeremy. You're you've you've been in the space for a while. I feel like a lot of the collectors seem to migrate towards you know, certain channels and sort of like absorb that channel's stance of like, I want to protect the hobby. I think these people are just taking advantage of, of people, yada, yada, yada. And then the people that are newer are like, oh, this person, these people. So there's like this like divide where you're either yeah. on this side or you're on that side. All right. Back to the comments. Scott Noble says the best content from the Jeff Wilson, Mojo, Card Collector 2 guys is their coverage from various shows. It allows me to see these great shows all over North America. Very entertaining. Agree. I think that is that is, that is fun content. That's a whole card show vlogging uh, type of content. Bob's Big Boy says, The best hobby content areas are interview style like this show and card show vlog since it lets you experience a show you may never be able to attend on your own. Shout out Roth Cards, Kenny Fornos, and Taxi. And I'm going to have to look these guys up because um, I've heard of Roth Cards but not the others. Okay. Deep Value says, Brent says, that would be like if I went and bought a 52 Mantle after his content with Fogel and it goes down over the next few years, blaming Jeff. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. Uh, Lint Inc. Archive says, some financial content YouTube advisors are currently being sued for pushing certain cryptocurrencies that turned out to be full scams, i.e. the FTX scandal. Any thoughts, similarities? I don't think sports cards are scams. The sports cards... Crypto has only been around for a few years. 
Sports cards have been around for 140 years. Um, I, I, I think there are some similarities, but not enough to where you're going to see anybody getting sued for putting out their thoughts on on what to buy. I, I, I can't I can't see that being uh, uh, there being any legal case against any content creator uh, stock picking type of content. Nikola Tesla says, I like his content. It was awesome, but he had no idea what he was talking about. I mean, I think a lot of people were caught up in the in, in the, the pandemic bump or the pandemic, the wave of the pandemic. Mike Petty says, millions, he was the sports card investor and selling monthly subscriptions like he was picking stock. I stand by my content, my comment. He lost millions for collectors. I'm like, I, I respect that you're standing by your content. I continue to disagree. Uh, you have to you have to write that check and you also have to do your due diligence when you're listening to somebody. And if you, it's like, I'm not going to go to somebody who claims to be an expert in, uh, in, in, in digestion without making sure they have the certificates and, and looking into what they've been doing and are, you know, are, are they regulated by, by the college of physicians and surgeons or whatever group? Uh, if you're, if you're just hanging a shingle saying, you know, digestive doctor and you go in and there's no sign of a real doctor but you're going to go to that guy and let him work on you sorry but that that's on you and uh just because you just because you sell subscriptions uh when you've been back in the hobby for a a year uh again you're you have to you have to have some accountability i i think but i guess there's a part of it too that says you know maybe maybe he was preying on the weak-minded and I, I, I can see that. Um, listen, I, I'm i not best friends with Jeff Wilson, but I've met him several times. I've had him on the show. I've been on his channel before. From what I can tell, Jeff's a decent guy. From what I can tell, when I've met him in person, talked to him, talked to people from his team, Jeff's a pretty, he seems like, I, I don't see him as somebody who's trying to, to prey on the weak. I don't, I don't think he's that guy. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But that's my, those are my thoughts on, on that. Corey says he definitely gave horrible advice and everything I've seen. He's pivoted from giving any advice and just moved more to trends and hobby news and content. And it's probably a good decision because, I mean, the guy definitely knows what kind of response he gets out there from people. He knows that he's attacked on a, on a daily basis. Uh, <laughs> who wouldn't change what they were doing if, if everything you did just caused people to, to attack you all the time? Dan the Cardman says, I think people take grievance with the perception and messaging channels like his portrayed. The accountability needs to sit with the viewer at the end of the day, irrespective of the creator's content. I agree with that. I agree with that comment. CC says, we should be responsible for our purchases. That said, those who think SCI is responsible for losses, then SCI is also responsible for huge gains. If they sold into the market highs, it goes both, both ways. Definitely, definitely true. Agree with that comment. Bob says, uh, watch his early content, and you can see he is better at creating content than he is at than he than he is at understanding markets and sports in general. He had a big learning curve, and his best decision was timing. Fair enough. Dan says Jeff had some good comments on the therapist's interview. He highlighted some things he could have done better from a presentation perspective. I did watch that episode on sports card therapist at the, the round table. He had the other, uh, I think it was called um divisive divisive content creators or something like that the other one he had on was uh was dan the great curator and uh yeah i thought jeff was very humble in that episode and it gave him a nice platform to 
explain what he's now doing in the hobby. In is the Jeff Wilson world. the only person who's ever created content in our hobby space? I feel no, like I mean, everybody's almost, talking about Jeff. It's almost awkward that that's all we're talking about. Like everyone why are we so, just talking about Jeff Wilson? Every here's why. Here's why Dennis, because the hobby is fixated on him because because I, I don't even know why. It's like he's living rent free in everybody's head. Everybody's talking, been talking about him for years. Like if you if you want him to, if you if you truly want him to have less of an impact on the hobby, you're the ones continuing to make it happen. You're talking about you, whoever's in this chat, bringing them up over and over again, other channels that are bringing them up over and over again, you're keeping it alive. You're, you're fueling the fire that you seem to hate, but you're getting clicks. So congratulations. You're, you're, you're getting what you want by pretending it's what you don't want. I don't know. So I'm, we're going to, we're not going to, we're, uh, thank you, Dennis. I'm not going to bring up any more comments that have, uh, that, that have relate to, to Jeff Wilson tonight anymore. Um, Mookie says in the news business, there's an old saying, nobody covers the planes that land. And the same maxim is generally true in the hobby. Yep. Very, very well said. Uh, good to see you, Brent. Happy fourth and good night to you. So now I'm going to try and filter through comments that have, uh, his name in it. I'm just going to skip right over them from now on. Good luck. Yeah. It seems to be there every Come second. Come on guys. Comment. Give us something, something else. Flea market says I watch sports card radio and like their message, but I just don't, I, but I don't have an issue with Jeff. I use my own brain. I think that's a great approach. Great. I watch some sports card radio too. Those guys, those guys are highly entertaining. They make me laugh. Uh, it's, they've got their shtick and they're really good at what they do. And, and they're not dummies. These guys aren't dummies. Like if you listen to them, they use some big words They're They, they do their research. Uh, most of the time they do their research. So most you know, of the time <laughs> I've seen instances where they don't. So where I know factually, they don't Gio's know what they're even, talking he's about. He's not even in the chat anymore, brother. You're like, go he exited the chat and you take your shot. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not talking. You're, you're mixing up sports card radio and sports card nonsense. Which one's sports card? You're talking about sports card radio. Yeah, they haven't been in our chat tonight. No, a sports card nonsense. I thought you were talking about yeah, Geo. You, you're, you're, yeah, you're just mixing I'm them mixing up. up sorry. There's all these the names start kind of blending. Collector's Dream says, shameless plug, my favorite content creator, breakout cards, Ryan Nolan, my national roommate. Oh, yeah. And I mean, Ryan used to come on, on sports cards live with me once every six weeks or so. We called I call we called him my the card show correspondent. It was before his his own content blew up. He was coming on, it was before he put out his book. Uh, spotting fakes he was coming on with me and taught and, and talking about the card show scene around the country because he was hitting all the every weekend he was going to a show which was which was all yeah i'm a big fan of uh, of ryan and, and breakout cards lgc says some content is great reality tv the sasha t mike Cans airport trade was raw provocative and great entertainment yeah i mean i i miss sasha t's uh vlogging content i i enjoyed what what his his short episodes were doing. Ed C says the only way you can say someone cost someone money is if they said they guarantee a card will go up in value. That's a good way of putting it right there. I would think I like that. Uh, tip of the mid says I've been following SCI since the beginning have not <coughs> lost out, make better buying decisions for yourself. That one slipped through Dennis. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, the center feet. No, it's all about, it's all about everyone loves Jeff Wilson. What, what Does else anybody do we have, our... have anything to say about any content creator other than Jeff Wilson? Let's hear it, please. <laughs> Jeremy, why don't you throw a we – had, we had something else we were going to talk about. 
Um, I'll bring it up. Um, something that Jeremy and I were, were talking about before the show was the content creators, um, the ability to dance around the idea that they're sponsored by a particular grading company, some third party, you know, business within the, within the hobby space and being equitable in the sense of being sort of transparent when you're speaking to your, your, your demographics, your, your listeners on not influencing them to buy, say, SGC slab cards over PSA or PSA over SGC or Beckett over speak. I mean, what do you think about that, Jeremy? Like, let's talk about that a little bit. Maybe the chat can chime in on that. Like, how do we, yeah. how are, as a content creator, do you stay transparent there? Yeah, no, great. And I mean, listen, I, 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 I deal with this all the time because I have, I have, I think, 10 different hobby entities that I am partnered with. And I'm only partnered with them because I do content. Like if I didn't ever start up my channel, I wouldn't have be partnered with these, with these entities. So mm -hmm. let me just break down how my, my personal uh, partnerships, sponsors, uh, affiliations work and how I manage them in terms of my content and my messaging to my audience, because mm -hmm. it's really, I can, I can speak better for myself, Dennis, and I can speak for any other sponsored uh, content creator out there. So let me break it down like this. And I'm actually going to, I actually just made this uh, today because I wanted to get a good grasp on, and I have some new relationships out there. So <laughs> I have what I call uh my my channel partners these are these are entities that sponsor my my flagship show my saturday night sports mm -hmm. cards live center stage app uh veriswap and just collect now these are three companies with people that i know the people and i really really like the people i respect the people i feel they have good intentions good integrity and they're trying to help the hobby get better by providing a service and they're and they love the hobby. They love the hobby, and they also have a, have a business. So, Center Stage App, who I shout out at the beginning of every Sports Cards Live episode, along with Veriswap, the Sport Card Expo, I will promote the heck out of that because it's I love it, and I want to see more and more people come to that event. And then uh, Tag Grading. Tag is obviously a, a special relationship for me because I'm an investor and I hold a position there. But I also uh, shout them out at the beginning of each episode because they're. I believe in it. I believe in it. I love the team there, the culture there. I mean, I've never worked with an organization as professional, as professionally run as TAG. I, and I just, I mean that from my heart. So those were what I call my channel partners. There's, there's five I just named. Then I've got what I call my live auction event partners. These are companies who pay me money to cover their auctions. I've created this, I've created this like business for myself, live auction events. I, 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 Host live auction. You think about you think about um, event management companies out there. IMG, who runs the who runs the, uh, the 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 Mint Collective, whoever the, the 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 national the national organizers who run that event. People that run any industry event. I'm kind of like an event organizer. I run a hobby auction event coverage business now, and I have five clients in that one I'm, I'm not announcing yet but i've got pwcc was my first mc sports cards lcg auctions uh I'm, I'm now working with rea auctions as well and one other that i'm gonna announce very soon so i have five companies that pay me to do special shows just for them i don't i don't advertise them on sports cards live 
I don't like unless I'm talking about upcoming shows. I don't I don't mix it right. And when I'm doing a PWCC show, I don't advertise center stage or or just collect or Vera swap or tag aside from wearing the shirt or sports card expo. Like I keep these things separate, and that's out of respect for the audience. I don't want to I don't want to be constantly just spouting out ad reads all the time. So I've got my channel partners. And I've got my live auction event partners, which is like uh, those shows are their shows on my channel, but I don't I don't commingle it with any other advertising for anyone else. And that's like a I, I love doing those shows, and it's just a lot. And then I've got what I call my media partners, Sports Card Dad, because we stream this show to, to to Dustin's channel as well, Hockey Cards Gong Show, because my co-host for my Sunday Hockey PWCC show is Josh Madigan from the Hockey Cards Gong Show. And then Hobby News Daily, because I love what they're doing at Hobby News Daily. And, you know, we have a, I shout them out and I have my logo on their website as a content creator. So those are all of my partnerships. I get paid by all of them except the media <coughs> partners. And my audience knows that. If you go down into the video description, now taking stock, I don't do this in because I don't advertise anybody on the show, although this show, this episode is turning into that. But I don't put them in there because it also goes to Dustin's channel. I don't know if if it's like proper for me to list all my affiliations on dust on a description that's gonna be on living on Dustin's channel. But you go to any of my videos in the last several months, every episode shows who my partnerships are. So I'm not hiding it at all. And to, to final comment, I do not align, endorse, partner with any entity that I do not respect the integrity of the people. Now, some people might say, oh, well, you've been working with PWCC. Everybody I've ever met at PWCC is a wonderful person. I know they have some some skeletons in their closet. They've had some bad press over the years. Everyone I've met there has been nothing but amazing to work with, uh, forthright, and good people in my books. So take it for what it is. But Excuse me. But anyone that I'm working with, I'm willing to do business with myself so okay that's fair should i go back to comments now sure all right uh let's go I'm, i missed a whole bunch so i'm gonna just start right here with bob says with sports gambling becoming legal everywhere how long is it till a hobbyist can make things interesting by betting on games using sports cards there's probably an app coming for that bob's big boy i would i would have to think for sure uh, Nikola Tesla's by the card, not the slab, bro. Yeah, there you go. Definitely agree with, with that. Benny Cromwell says, I enjoy Mojo Break Media from Santa Clara, California. Great podcast conversations. Tip of the Mitt says, uh, also just Jim says, I love watching Chris Sewell. Very informative and real, like this channel, top-notch. Jer- yeah, Chris Sewell is one of my favorites. Actually, him and I have been in, in, in some strong communication over the last several uh, uh week or so he's, he's just a great guy and we've been on each other's or he's been on my channel a couple times scott says can you talk more about uh ty wilson and the guys doing chasing cardboard and the content they put out i find it so entertaining and i and i do what they do on a smaller level i buy collections to fund my pc i watched the first couple episode of chasing cardboard um and i loved them and i think that uh i Listen, I hope that I hope that they can get picked up and become like a like a Netflix show or something like that because the production value is great. I met his producer, a great guy. Uh, Ty seems like a great guy. I don't know him all too well, but he seems like he's always smiling. Seems like a great guy. So 
Um, yeah, I mean, check them out for sure if you're not already. HKY Cardboard. Chasing Cardboard is the best content out there. Sorry, JL, but you're numbered. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll, every day I'll take it. Professor says Ryan Nolan is transparent in his vlogs on the pricing of his purchases and his negotiations. I found this educational. Punt Pass Click says if a content creator states their bias, then why does it matter who they are affiliated with? Yeah, I mean, just know who you're watching and take it into account. And listen, you can watch my, you watch, you watch my episodes and I'm not saying like, oh, come watch me. But if you watch any of my episodes with uh, doing PWCC auctions, I rip into cards. I say to, I just on Sunday night, I'm like, okay, this card is a PSA 9 Steve Eisenman work. I said, I do not write, recommend anyone buy this card. This is not a card that I would welcome into my, it's, it's under, it, it's sorry, it's overgraded. You can find a nicer one. Unless you're going to buy it at a deep get discount, don't buy that. Like I would not endorse the purchase of this card. I have said that several times about cards on PWCC's platform on a show that I'm getting money from them to do. So, I mean, I don't do it. I, I'm not saying what anyone's paying me to say. I'm saying what I think all the time, all the time. Bob's big boy says biggest downside of influencers in any marketplace is the quick burn process where things escalate too quickly in popularity and price. Then when the big money exits, the market crashes and things crash quick. Yeah, that, that definitely, definitely does happen. Bob says, I like tag and rare edition more every day. I'm not big on new grading companies, but they have shown proof of concept and have a good design. Lots to like from both companies. I just respect your open-mindedness, Bob, and uh, understanding that, you know, nothing is forever. Uh, okay. Corey says, damn, I wish this was, uh, I wish this was the AMA show so we could find out about the new sponsor. Uh, it, 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 yeah, I'll let you know soon enough, soon enough. LGC says, great summary of your partnerships, relationships. Proud of you, Gomez. Thank you, LGC. I appreciate that. Thank you, Michael Ham, for the go hit the like button reminder for everybody. Kyle Barassa, influencers just need to be upfront about the underlying motive behind their videos. Are you flipping, investing, et cetera? Just be upfront about what your goals are with the video. Definitely. Tip of the Myth says, yep, I love watching you rip the PWCC cards. Yeah, I mean, I will. And I've told PWCC, listen, I'm not going to do a show for you guys if I can't be honest about the cards I'm seeing. If I see a card that I don't like, and I will also... I've all, you know, they have their eye appeal. Dennis, you know how PWCC has their eye appeal designations. I will actually say, I think they were too generous with this one. Or I think that this one, maybe they should have gone even higher. I'll do both ways. I will just tell you, I'll tell my audience, the audience, what I, what I genuinely think. And I will not try to get somebody to bid on a card that I don't think is, is worth the price, let's say. CC says, in my opinion, content creators are entitled to make money. I only take offense. If the content creator is not transparent about their business relationships or insincere about their endorsements, I completely agree with that CC. And I think that's a good position for people, uh, for content consumers to take for sure. And Kyle says, will you be investing in Bedard next year? No, I won't be Kyle. I do not buy, I do not buy <laughs> modern rookies. I mean, very few, very, very few, almost as a rule, almost as a rule. Tip of the mint, will there be in-person grading options at the National from that? Yes, TAG will be doing on-site grading at the National. They will be. The equipment is, is, is going to be out there. It's going to be amazing to, to see. Collectors Canada says, what shows will we be attending other than National? I'm hoping to go to the Burbank show in Anaheim. 
that's about it for me. How about you, Dennis? Any shows? I know you're not going to the national. Any shows you'll be attending? Uh, uh, just local shows, maybe around where I where I live. Um, but no, nothing major. Next year, I plan to do a bit more of that. I'm going to have more opportunities to to venture outside of my my vicinity. So yeah, I intend to go to national and meet up with a lot of these uh, wonderful people I've met over the last few years. Good, good. Hey, listen, I know you have people over and I saw you just communicate with your wife or someone. If you want to drop off, I might keep going with this, Dennis, just to put it out there. But oh, it, it's, o- it's okay. It's just, uh, yeah, I said we had a, it was kind of a funny, interesting thing. We had a change of plans. A bunch of people came over to our house for fourth. So then I had to boot everybody out of here. That's why I was a little bit late coming on, a little bit late pushing the Simo no out. Uh, yeah, it was, it's fourth of oh, July. It's, it's kind of crazy. It's, Dip out if you have to. Let's no, keep on. No, going. I really appreciate that. She just came in to make sure the dogs were okay. It's Talking our cardboard. Dog. Chasing cardboard. SCL. Chris Sewell. Ryan Nolan and BIC, who I'm not sure who that is, are the only content I watch these days. So many have dried up or quit. Yeah, that's the thing. Like that, we and Dennis were talking about this. A lot of people have just stopped producing content because they were they weren't in it for the long haul. And even yeah. some who started in the pandemic have stuck it out because they love it and they are in it for the long haul. So yeah. we see it. And we have people like Dennis who came in and now look, he's making a great name for himself as a, but what Dennis is doing and don't pardon me as I speak about you for a moment in front of you, Dennis, yeah. Dennis is what I love about doing this with you is that you are, you call yourself a novice. I think you've learned a lot in a short period of time, but that's why one of the reasons why we are together is because, I've been doing, I've been in the hobby for over 40 years, immersed in it. You've been in the hobby, immersed in it for a, for a couple of years. So we have two different takes here. And when Dennis like challenges me, it's perfect because he's kind of speaking for some of the newer people and forcing me to think through some things and to really, you know, just speak to some things that maybe I don't know, I don't get the opportunity to speak to at other times. But you also, I think, you resonate with a lot of the newer people in our audience. And I resonate with a lot of the older people, not older people, but people who've been in the hobby longer, more seasoned, the people that have been doing this for a little bit longer. Yeah. Lint Inc. Archives has been using tag lots lately. Heard about them on Jeremy's show, went and read more about them, tried them once. And I was sold. Jeremy's t-shirt had nothing to do with it. I'm glad professor says, Jeremy, your PWCC auction live stream with Josh has content value after the stream. And on a rewatch, we talk about cards. So I, I'm glad it does, Professor. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, Bob's Big Boy says, the biggest influencer sin in this in the past three years was the glitzy, gobbling hype on V Friends. Everyone knew it was hot trash, but promoted it anyway. Those are the things that true collectors are annoyed by. Here's the problem I have with that, though, Bob. Why would a true collector care? Why would you care? If, you don't, if you're not interested in... In V friends, in, in Gary V's doodles, why would you care that somebody else is? And and if a sports card collector, investor, or flipper is is going to migrate into V friends thinking it's a it's a way to make quick money and then and then it's wrong, it's not gonna be again, that's on them for buying something that they didn't like in the first place. Like, like everyone knew it was hot trash, but promoted it anyway. I had I had Josh Luber on my show talking about it. It was in the hobby. It was something to talk about. We talked about it, learned about it. Did I go out and buy anything? Sure didn't. Why? Because I don't collect V friends. 
<laughs> I didn't buy any of it. So I'm not blaming Gary Vee. I actually think Gary Vee's onto something. Believe it or not, I think he's building a, an IP that is going to be something one day. He's not giving up on it, but the sports card collectors have stopped talking about it, so we don't follow it anymore. But he's still talking about it, and he's building something that's probably going to have cartoons and movies and be something for kids, games and all that. So it maybe it's hot, maybe it's hot trash right now to sports card collectors, but maybe it won't be in the long run. Only time will tell. Dan Chase says people watch content creators based on their own alignment in this hot. Well said, Dan Chase. Unfortunately, that is why the collecting channels have 5,000 subscribers and the investing channels have 10 times that. I agree completely, Dan Chase. CC says, uh, Jeremy, your live auction shows are awesome, except when you talk about the cards I'm bidding on. <laughs> if I like a card, I'm going to talk about it. You know that. You know that. Tip in the mid says, the PSA collector guy does some cool stuff showing some big losses on cards. Matt is his name. Yeah, the, the graded card investor. Uh, yeah, he he dipped out for about a year or two years, and he's back doing content again. And um, I watched some of his stuff. He's, he's good. I, I, I like him. The professor says some content creators have pivoted. Dan, the great curator, is advancing education about non-sports cards and pop culture. Tip of the mitt says, Dennis, maybe you've covered it, but what got you in specifically? What got you into the hobby specifically? Um, it was just uh, Ken Griffey Jr. I wanted to get his uh, 89 upper deck card. and um, I've talked about this before. I had a friend of mine who plays for the Mariners, and he's a pitcher, and I wanted to get his baseball card, so I had to look up what what his rookie card was and and uh kind of i started down the rabbit hole and i had a friend of mine um jeffrey potter who was a uh he was a collector he he sold collectibles and he was really into the, the hobby and kind of walked me through it and then i just went i uh, went from there and, and i started watching you know content different kinds of content i actually some of the first content i i watched and listened to was sports card investor um that was one of the things you found i mean it was just kind of the the, the youtube algorithm you type in sports card hobby content he'd pop up so yeah there you go tip of the mitt there you have it and and dennis what i've noticed about dennis is he's he's like he's pivoted he's he's adjusted on the fly you're not blaming anybody for anything and you know what you like you're not you're not susceptible to uh you're not susceptible to advice now that said you do ask for advice. Even when I when I really started collecting Jordan 90s Jordan cards, I found I seeked out advice from people that I, I did due diligence on, I trusted, and I got advice. And let me tell you, that advice all was good advice. They never steered me wrong, and I never felt like they steered me into buying a card that they had dozens of or or multiples right. of or even one of. Like you have to, you have to. Like you don't you don't just ask random strangers on the street for advice, do you? So why would you take advice from a random stranger on the internet on on YouTube? Currency Project says complaining about influencers and content creators is missing the bigger picture. What you are getting is an opportunity to see into someone's into how someone's mind works for better or for worse. One hundred percent, great comment. You have to you have to think analytically. You have to use your own brain. If you don't use your own brain, you are also going to be prone to blaming other people for your misfortunes because you are just, that's, that's just how you live your life. For, and I'm, I'm speaking generally, it's not going to apply all the time to everybody, but I think that's a, a fair generalization to make for many of those types of people. Bob's Big Boy, one of the most interesting under the radar content creators is Top Chop Sports Cards. He takes batches of 10 to 20 cards 
and sends them all to major grading companies, then compares the results. Thank you, Bob's Big Boy, for shouting out an under-the-radar content creator. I'd never heard of Top Chop, and I'm and thank you for, for getting that name out there here tonight with us. Tip of the mitt, good stuff, good stuff. I still need me an 89 Upper Deck Griffey. Uh, Mid-Atlantic says, I recall JL, that's me, saying on a prior show that two-thirds of his net worth or net savings is in cards. Strikes me as totally crazy, but that's seriously walking the walk, not just talking the talk. Still holds true today. I I know exactly. I don't know what my cards are worth today, but I know what I have into them. And uh, and when I then know what I, I, I say, I don't know what they're worth, but I have an idea. I can look at, a, at several cards. Okay, they're worth, you know, at least this much. And when I compare that to the rest of my, uh, my now it's come down as, as values have come down from, you know, a year ago and two years ago, uh, it's become a smaller percentage of my net worth, but it is definitely uh, sports cards are, are the biggest, uh, the biggest uh, category on my personal net worth balance sheet of any asset, whether it's, you know, my, my other, inve- my financial instrument investments, whether they're under uh, a retirement savings plan or not, uh, my, my real estate, my, my, my savings. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Cards are, 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 are definitely, uh, not only are they, not only mid-Atlantic are they, um, they're the majority. Let me just put it that way. They're the majority. I don't know if they're two thirds anymore, but they're definitely over 50%. Nikola Tesla says, dude, I only get pissed because I ordered two cases of top loaders when I needed four. Explain that to the wife. <laughs> and Ice Full Moon says, what's going on here? I'm in, I'm in the trading cards dump and need a good boost of beginner's info. Well, welcome to the show, Iced Full Moon. All right. Um, and for the first time, Dennis, in, uh, well, since the beginning, we're at the bottom of the comments and we are at the 93 minute mark. We usually go about 90. We have over 110 people in here right now. So, uh, listen, we don't need to stop yet, but if you, anything you want to jump in with at this point, Dennis, anything uh, that's kind of struck your mind? Oh, uh, nothing. No, nothing. I feel like we covered a lot of the topics today uh, or tonight. Um, We've, we, I mean, based on the stuff that you and I spoke about earlier, I feel like we we touched on a lot of those those subjects that I feel like resonate within this topic. Um, I, I I'm gonna be bullish. I mean, we I guess we my thought would be we finish off with uh, something that Cage mentioned about in one of his videos where he was talking about the bull and the bear aspects of our our hobby. Um, I think the fact that we have a lot more content creators in our space, there's a lot of people talking about content. And you tell me, Jeremy, you were here well before I was. Was there a lot of content out there before? No, boom? there yeah. was there was not a lot of content out there until the pandemic that really uh, sparked the content craze. And it's just, and, you know, there's more and more content creators coming out all the time. New new podcasts are starting all the time. And yeah, I want to reiterate what you just said. So I listened to Cage, uh, Cage, uh, the hobby with Cage is now the channel name, uh, Cage Lawyer. And he did the bull and the bear episode and his bull episode. He said that, I think like when he summarized it at the end, he goes, listen, I am bullish on the hobby because there's so much content and so many content creators that are passionate about the hobby, whether they are in any of these jobs, whether it's the watchdogs or the daily news guys, or the interview guys, or the card show vlog guys, or or any of the other types of content. 
everybody who's doing content is passionate one way or the other about some want to see it burn, but most of them are just happy about the hobby and they enjoy it. And I agree with Cage. I mean, that is that is a sign that even though values of cards are down from where they were during the peak, they're still up from where they were before. And there's still tons of people going to card shows, which is a which is actually like a sign to me, a signal that totally contradicts what some people would have you believe that the hobby is dying. It actually, it actually is a complete, uh, it's the opposite of that. The fact that the values have been coming down consistently for two years, yet more and more content creators, more and more card shows and people going to card shows just tells you how healthy the hobby truly is that we are growing while values are coming down. We're losing yeah. some people, but yes. I think it's a net gain month over month in terms of uh, participants. Yeah, so. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that the fact that there's a lot more, there's a very healthy content space um, with plenty of things to talk about, whether whether it's collectors talking about you know their, their, their mail days, whether it's the, the news of the day, whether what, what's Fanatics doing next, the breaking environment. Um, gosh, there's a million things to talk about within the hobby. There's a lot of different uh, dialogue going on and engagement within the community. The community is very alive and well. I personally am very bullish on the fact that our community is so vibrant. Um, you come into a space, you see a vibrant community that's engaged. That gives you hope. Um, again, uh, there's we can go back and forth on whether this is a market, whether these are you know cards can be seen as like assets and stocks. Um, but when you see this market, all these people spending the kind of money they're spending on the collectibles, it's like buying artwork. I mean, I, I definitely feel like there is a value there. I don't go back. I go, I go back and forth on the asset, you know, stock kind of mentality. I can't really fit. I can't really sit down on, on one of those two things because when it comes time to sell my cards, I'm, I'm pretty disappointed. They're not worth what I think they should be worth, which makes me feel well, that's an asset then that you're viewing it as an asset. As, as a depreciating asset or as an appreciating asset. So I think the fact that this community is so alive is a good sign. I think that means there's people that want the hobby to do well. They care about it. It's important to them. Um, the community itself aspect's important to them. So those are the kind of things I feel like, you know, it makes me bullish on, on the hobby in general. And I think the fact that there's so many folks out here, like there's the fact that you and I are doing this right now on the 4th of July and how many people are tuned in right now. I know I got little, I got, I got to simoing, simoing it late, but just there's 110 on the 4th of July. That's to me, tells me the hobby is very alive and well. And there's a lot of wonderful people within it that care about it and want to help one another. And personally, I think that's a wonderful thing. Well said, man. Yeah, it's uh, we've got 102 people with us right now as we're as we're even winding down, which I think says a good says good things about the hobby in general. Fourth of July, but yeah. I do think it's also a night where people are getting ready to get back to work tomorrow. Peep says, "Shout out Pepino, man! Yeah, check out Pepino, man. Hope to see him at the national again this year." Linting Archive said, I "Wouldn't wouldn't be surprised if CBC's the national." which is a Canadian news show, gets accused of pumping magic cards for featuring the one-of-one one ring story in their show this past Sunday because that card was pulled in Canada. Tip of the mitt, thank you for being here tonight. CC says, when the hobby downturned after the Junk Wax era, card shows declined. So far, card shows still seem strong, so I agree. This is a good time for the hobby. Same here. Thank you, CC. And LGC, great show, boys. Thank you. Thank you, LGC. All right, guys. Well, that's gonna that's gonna wrap it up. Thank you uh, to the chat for your 
questions and comments and for letting me go on a couple of uh, rants, if I can call them rants or explanations. DPZ, thanks for showing up. Better late than never. I wasn't sure if you were coming tonight, man. I honestly wasn't <laughs> sure. So when you popped in a minute and a half in, I was glad to see you. The Currency Project, always good to see these guys. Make sure you're following them on Instagram along with everybody else there. Thank you, Scott Nobles. Appreciate you, buddy. Ice Full Moon says, I wanted to go back to Tough Stuff days as far as true. I remember Tough Stuff. Great, great magazine. Nice covers, oversized. Scott Nobles, thank you so much for a great job. All right, Dennis, you good? You good to end this? I'm good, brother. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mike Petty. Appreciate that very much. I'm going to end this, but if a comment comes in, I might I might bring it back up. Five, four, three, two, one. All right, everybody. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Taking stock is now every second Tuesday. We'll be back two Tuesdays from now. Have a great week, everybody. Cheers, everyone. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.